Well, this morning I wanted to take a little bit of time to go back to basics. I don't know about you, but as we've kind of been in this situation that we've been in over the last few weeks, it's been a good time of being able to slow down and just think about what's most important and what are some of the things that we just need to make sure that we're doing well. And so for me, that's included making sure that I'm getting regular exercise. It's included making sure that I'm getting some fresh air. It's making sure that I'm sleeping at the right times, making sure that I'm eating the right food. And there's probably a bunch of things that you can think of as well, where you've said, okay, I've got to get these things in place. I've also been thinking about that in the context of what it means for us to be church during this time. And to say, what does it mean for us to go back to basics on that as well? What are the key things about what it means for us to be church? What are the key things that have always been a part of the church? And what do those things look like for us in our context today? So that's where I want to start. I actually want to ask you to spend a bit of time thinking about that yourselves and just turn to each other and answer this question. What would you say are the most important things about the church? What are the most important things about the church in general? Just take a couple of moments to be able to share a couple of things. If you're on your own, jot a couple of things down in the chat for us to be able to see as well. As I've taken some time to think that through, I've come up with three major things that we really need to keep focused on. And you may have come up with some other ones, which is totally fine as well. But as I think back over the history of the church, as I think about the church in all of the different eras that it's been through, all of the different generations, all the different centuries, as I think about the church in all of the different cultural contexts that it's in, so whether that's the church in the West and all of the different ways that we do church from very traditional to very contemporary to people doing very missional things. As I think about the church in Asia and what that looks like, as I think about the church in South America, as I think about the church in Africa, as I think about the church in China and the house church movement that is a part of what church looks like for them. So I think through all of them, there's three things that stand out for me. And those three things are, the Bible, prayer, and gathering together. The Bible, prayer, and gathering together. When we look back through history, in all sorts of different ways, those are the things that have been used. And there's been a bunch of other things that have been a part of the church in different places and in different times. But consistently throughout history, that's what we see are in place. And so over the next few weeks, I actually want us to go back to basics on some of these things and to talk a little bit about what it looks like for us to focus on those things and in actual fact to get even better at using those things during this time so that when we come out the other side of this we can actually emerge as an even stronger church than we are today. So this is going to be very practical. I'm hopeful that there's lots of helpful tips for you. There's going to be a lot of application for you to be able to do um, but it's a series where again I want us to just be able to say are we making sure that we're taking care of the basics and the most important things and so this week we're going to start by talking about the Bible. And we believe that the Bible is a crucial part of what it means for us to journey together as the church. But we also want to be very careful about what that actually looks like because putting an emphasis on the Bible in some ways has done some harm to the church at different times throughout history. So we want to recognise that it's only the last 500 years or so that people have had Bibles in the way that we understand it now, where people have their own Bible that they can open up and read for themselves. In the 1500 years before that, there were very few copies of the Bible around and very select number of people who were actually able 
to access that. No one would just go home and read their own Bible. You had to gather together with other people in order to unpack what was in the Bible. Now, as I said, we're going to talk more about what it looks like to gather together in this season in a couple of weeks' time. But it's an important reminder as we start talking about the Bible that the Bible hasn't really been, for the majority of the life of the church, a book that we just read by ourselves, a book that we read in our own personal quiet time, in our own personal devotion, close the book, and then not really talk about it with anyone else. We read the Bible so that we can learn together, so that we can journey together, and so that we can share with one another what it is that we're learning. We also want to remind ourselves that we don't just read the Bible for the sake of reading the Bible. We read the Bible because we believe that the Bible points us to Jesus and that Jesus is the one who shows us exactly what God is like and what God's plans are and have always been. We talk a lot about being Jesus-centered and that includes the way that we approach the Bible, that we believe that the Bible is Jesus-centered, that the Old Testament looks forward to Jesus coming, that Matthew, Mark, Luke and John are the four narratives and the four biographies that help us to understand about Jesus' life, his teaching, his death, and his resurrection, that the book of Acts that comes just after that is about the emergence of the early church, and then the rest of the New Testament is looking back and reflecting on the implications of what Jesus has done for us. And we did a series last year which was called Epic, where we unpacked that the Bible is more like a library than it is a book. It's a library of 66 books that are all different types. And so there's some that are narratives, there are some that are biographies, there are some that are poetry, uh, there are some that are letters. There's a whole bunch of different ranges of literary styles that make up the 66 books, that make up the library of the Bible. But unfolding throughout that library is one key overarching narrative that helps us to understand what God's purpose always was in creating us, the ways in which God has been at work throughout history, the central place that Jesus plays in that story and the place that we've got to play in that story as well. And so if you weren't around last year or if you have some time on your hands and you would like a refresher, uh, you can head to the previous messages tab just over to the side there and you can go and scroll down and find our epic series and listen to the different episodes that we worked through there. If you subscribe to our podcast, then you automatically get those downloaded to you, but you can go back into the history of the podcast and you'll be able to find them there as well. And what we work through as we unpack that series is that as we discover more about who Jesus is, we discover more about the life that God has always wanted for us, the life that God designed us to be able to have, the life that is available to us now, and the life that we are going to experience for eternity. The challenge is that as we look at all of those things in the Bible and as we understand that story more and more, we're asked to put things into practice, to apply what it is that we're reading. And along those lines, one helpful idea that we've talked about is that discipleship, the idea of following Jesus, is much more like apprenticeship than it is about just going and being a student in a school or uni environment as we often think about it. And so the two kind of extreme versions of what that looks like is that if we think about school, particularly old school school, we can think about the idea of having a textbook and we have to learn what's in the textbook so that we can make sure that we know the answers so that ultimately we can pass the test. And sometimes that's how people have approached the Bible. But in actual fact, following Jesus is supposed to be a lot more like an apprenticeship where we definitely have to learn some stuff for sure, 
but we learn these things so that we can put them into practice in our lives, that we're following Jesus, learning from him, but learning practical tools that enable us to live the life that we were created to live. So practically speaking then, what does it look like for us to be able to do that, to be able to read the Bible? This is where I want to go back to basics. And for some of us, this is very, very obvious stuff that we know and that we're living out. For others of us, it might be things that we've thought about in the past but have forgotten about or we've neglected. And for others of us, this might be the first time that we're thinking about what it looks like to be able to read the Bible. My hope is that wherever we're at, there's something in this to be able to remind us and motivate us about what it looks like to emphasise our focus on the Bible during this time. So I have a set of questions that I've found really, really helpful whenever I approach reading a passage of Scripture, whenever I approach reading something that's in the Bible. And so we're going to work through them as we look at a passage today. So here's your first practical, is that I would love you to grab a Bible. Hopefully you've got a Bible somewhere near you. Uh, That could be the Bible app on your phone. It could be an actual physical Bible. You can also access the Bible using the Bible tab that's just over to the side there. Um, But try and get a Bible in your hands and turn to James chapter 1, verses 22 to 25. James chapter 1, verses 22 to 25. Because what we're going to do is work through that together. And as we read it, we're going to think about these four really helpful questions. The first one is, as we read any passage of Scripture, we want to ask ourselves, what is interesting? So what jumps off the page? Are there words, are there phrases that just kind of catch my attention? Say, wow, I'd never thought about that before. Or that's really interesting. Or that's really fascinating. Or that's something that's super encouraging. What's interesting as we read the words that we look at within a passage? Secondly, we can ask ourselves, what's confusing? Are there things that I don't really understand? Are there things that confront me a little bit? Are there things that challenge uh, my way of thinking? And if so, who can I have a conversation with about that? How can I do some more reading to be able to unpack that a little bit more? There's always lots and lots of questions that we have, and so being able to explore those things rather than just glossing over them is something that's really important. Thirdly, what can I learn? So what is a truth that's being shown here? What's a value that's being shown here? How can I understand more about Jesus? How can I understand more about God? How can I understand more about people, about life? How can I understand more about myself? What's something that I can learn as I read through this passage? And then fourthly, what can I take away from this? So what's one thing that I can put into practice in my life? What's something that I can think more about as I head out into the rest of my day? And this is really a crucial question for us to be able to ask. So for me, whenever I'm taking some time to read the Bible, those are the questions that I generally tend to work through. What's interesting? What's confusing? What can I learn? And what can I take away? Now, I'm actually a pretty simple guy. And so sometimes even those four questions are too many for me. And I just focus on the first one and the last one to be able to say what jumps out at me And on the basis of that, what's something that I can take away? And so that's what I want to encourage us to be able to do right now. Hopefully you've got that passage open, James chapter 1, verses 22 to 25. And I want you to take a moment to just look at the passage. We're not actually going to read it out loud. I want to encourage you to do that yourself and to be able to underline or to be able to circle or highlight in some way any words or phrases that jump out at you. If you've got a journal or if you've got a notebook, then you can jot some things down as you do that as well. 
But what I want to encourage you to do is to read this passage. Just take a couple of minutes. It's not a very long passage. And just come up with what are one or two things that really jump out for you and then share that together. If you're at home watching this by yourself, I want to encourage you to put what you find into the chat so that you can discuss that with the other people who are also watching this on their own. So take a couple of minutes, read the passage. What's one or two things that jump out at you? So here's a couple of things that I found helpful, and you may have found some different things, that's totally fine as you have read this, but here's a couple of things that jumped out at me. The first one was verse 22, don't just listen to God's word, but do what it says. That's a huge challenge to me, because sometimes I can be guilty of just reading the Bible for the sake of reading the Bible. I can be guilty of just wanting to get that ticked off my to-do list. So read it through, move on, I've done what I needed to do. But I'm challenged about the idea of not just listening to God's word or not just reading God's word. Again, that's a good reminder that for the original people that James was writing this letter to, they would have heard it, they wouldn't have read it. But for us, we can say, don't just read God's word, but do what it says. And I think about how many times that I have heard messages, how many times that I've listened to podcasts, how many times that I've done my own personal Bible reading, how many times I've been in small group discussions or other conversations with people where it's been clear that there's been something to take away from it and I haven't really done any of that. I've just kind of listened to it or I've just kind of read it and then moved on. So how much have I actually put into practice? I'm challenged by that as I look at this. But then also verse 25, it says, if you carefully, if you look carefully into the perfect law that sets you free. Again, I'm challenged there because it says if you look carefully, so am I just skim reading? Am I just doing this so that I can get it done? Or am I actually taking the time to slow down and look carefully at what it is that I'm reading? Because if I do, I'll see the perfect law that is supposed to set me free. Sometimes, I don't know about you, but I can feel like the Bible's almost a bit of a rule book. It's kind of like I've got to read the Bible so I can find out what I'm supposed to do and what I'm not supposed to do and then hopefully try and do those things and not do those things. But all of that just adds this pressure. I feel weighed down about all of these expectations and all these things that I feel like I have to do. But in actual fact, when we read Scripture, it's supposed to be something that brings freedom into our lives. It's supposed to be something that sets us free. And so I'm challenged about whether I see Bible reading as an obligation, something that I feel like is something that I have to do, or whether I see Bible reading as something that I get to do, something that I want to do, because in doing so, I get to find out more about who God is. I get to understand more about God's amazing big plan. I get to understand what it means to be a child of God, as we were singing just before. I get to understand a little bit more about what it means to live as one of God's people. So there are a couple of things that jumped out at me. And as I said, for you, you might have had some different things and that's totally fine as well. But that's always a starting point for me as I read scripture, is to open it up, pick some verses, and then be able to say, okay, what jumps off the page? What are some things that really kind of hit me and give me something to think about? But that last question is also super important. What's my takeaway? What am I going to do with this? What's the application 
that comes from that. And out of today's passage, there's some pretty clear takeaways that may have been an intentional decision in the passage that I picked for this. But for me, there's some really clear takeaways about whether I'm just reading the Bible for the sake of reading the Bible or whether I'm reading the Bible so that I can put into practice the things that I find there, so that I can experience the freedom that God has got for me. And so for me, whenever I stop and do my Bible reading, I finish by saying, what's one thing that I can take away? So for me, as I head into the rest of my day, how can I say what I've learned today is a reminder that God wants me to experience freedom in my life? So how many of the things that I'm doing am I doing out of obligation? And how many of them am I doing because I get to do them out of the freedom that God gives me? And I generally try to just stick to one thing. Often when you read a Bible passage, there can be lots and lots of things that jump out. But for me, I just try and take one thing away that, as I said, I can think about more or I can put into practice throughout that day. And so that's really what I would love us to focus on during this season is to have the opportunity to go back to basics, to be able to remind ourselves that the Bible reveals to us who Jesus is and that Jesus reveals to us who God is, what God's plan is and who we are and what life looks like, the best way that it's supposed to be able to be lived. And so what does it look like for us to put this into practice as one of the key habits that we have during this time so that it can be something that really reinvigorates us? And again, for some of us, we're in a good place where we're already doing that. For others of us, this might be a good reminder about something that we used to do. And for others of us, this might be the first time that we choose to do that. But what I'd love us to do is not just be doing that on our own, but to be doing this together. And so one of the things that you've been sent is an Ephesians reading plan. So we had a reading plan through Lent, the season leading up to Easter, where we read through the book of Mark. And I thought it was helpful for us to pick another book to be able to read through together. And so hopefully you received that either via email, in the mail. Uh, If you didn't, please get in contact with me, but I'm also going to post that uh, on our Facebook page uh, so that people can access that that way as well. And so you can feel free to grab that and to download that and to have that over the next few weeks where it's broken up so that day by day we've got a few verses to be able to read together. And on that piece of paper, you'll also see that these questions that we've just talked through, what's interesting, what's confusing, what can I learn and what can I take away, they're written on there. And so that's my encouragement is every day just to take some time to read through part of Ephesians, answer those questions and just pick the first and last one if you want to but to be able to say, what really jumps out at me and what am I going to do about that? What I don't want us to do, though, is to make this something that we just all do individually. We're trying to find ways of being able to connect together and to learn together, and this is a great opportunity to be able to do that. So within your connect group, within the people that you're regularly in contact with, I want to encourage you to be talking about what you're learning, to be able to say, this week, this is one of the real key things that jumped out at me. This is one of the things that I'm trying to work on, that I'm trying to think more about. Encourage you to give someone else a call or shoot someone else a text or an email to say, what have you learnt from this passage that we read today? On our Facebook page every day, I'm going to be posting a picture or an image to be able to help us to just think a bit more about what's there. And I want to encourage you then to have a think about posting some of the things that you're learning so that, again, we can share that with each other. For families, it's a great opportunity for us to be able to learn together and to be able to share the things that jump out at us and the things maybe that we want to put into practice as a family as well. 
You may also like to have a look at Uversion, which is the Bible app. It's called the Bible. It's also called Uversion. Um, but that has a lot of reading plans on it. And so particularly if there's something that you want to dig into, there are a ton of options on there to be able to explore. And if, again, if you need some help with that, uh, more than happy to help out. But as we wrap up our message today, I want to encourage you right now to make a decision about what it is that you would love to do with your Bible reading as we head into this week. So is there a goal that you want to set for yourself? Is there something that you want to say, I'm going to try and do this every day, I'm going to try and do it a couple of times a day, but also to say what are the barriers that might get in the way of that? I recognise that for some of us we've got more time and so Bible reading is a great thing for us to incorporate into what we're doing. For some of us, we also have kids around a lot more than we're used to. It's school holidays, but also just the realities of what's going on, working from home. And so we need to think creatively about what that looks like. So that might mean that if you're parenting together, that you can tag team what that looks like. If you're parenting on your own, then you can give the kids an activity to be able to do and take 10 minutes to just go outside and sit in the garden and be able to take some time to do that there but for families as well, to be able to do this together around the dinner table, to not feel like you all have to do it separately, but to do it together. So that's what I'd love you to do as we wrap up our time, is to just take a couple of minutes to talk together about what the goal is that you want to set for this week and what barriers you might need to be conscious of and might need to remove in order to be able to move forward so that we can focus on this in the days and weeks ahead. So take a bit of time to do that. If you're on your own, feel free to post some thoughts in the chat and then we'll come together and we'll wrap things up. I want to finish by rereading again verse 25 that we looked at earlier. If you look carefully into the perfect law that sets you free, and if you do what it says and you don't forget what you heard, then God will bless you for doing it. That's my prayer for us as we head into this week and as we continue through this season, that we can look carefully into this amazing library of books that we've got that we call the Bible. And as we do that, as we take the time to stare into it, to reflect on it, to take our time with it, that we will be able to see the perfect law that sets us free. That reading the Bible, journeying together, following Jesus together is not about us having a bunch of list things that create pressure on us. It's not about trying to learn the rules so that we can pass the test. It's about us embracing our apprenticeship with Jesus to live the way that we were created to live and to experience the freedom that comes from that. So I'm going to pray that as we head into this week that that's what we can experience as we move forward together. Let's pray. God, we are really grateful for this amazing set of books that we call the Bible. We're grateful for your unfolding story that we read throughout the pages of Scripture and we're grateful for the ways in which that shows us who Jesus is and that, Jesus, you're the one who shows us exactly what God is like. You're the one who shows us what God's plans have always been and you're the one who shows us what the best version of life looks like that we can get swept up into. And so my heart and my prayer for us as we move forward into this season is that this can be a time of us getting back to the essence of what it means to be church. That we can be reminded again about how important it is for us to reflect on scripture, to be able to learn together, but also to put these things into practice. And as we do, to recognise that it's not something we should do on our own, it's something that we can do together 
even if we can't do it in the ways that we're used to. So I pray that as we move into this week, you would help us to find and create space to be able to spend time with you, to be able to learn what it is that you have got for us and that you would challenge us and you would inspire us about what it means to live as your people. In your name we pray. Amen.